What are those priceless gifts that money can't buy? Well, I can tell you one of the first is the gift of time, creating memories with your children. The next priceless gift is teaching your child the value of spending time with God. In the novel, A Few Minutes with God, written for children and teens, the story unfolds about a struggling family and the gift of hearing God and the outcome, which is a wonderful blessing from the Lord. Your children will want to pray and spend time listening to God after reading this book. Visit MediaAngels.com for more information. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Do you want a more intimate walk with God? Are you tired of trying to hear God and hearing only silence? Each week, your host, Felice Skirwitz, is prepared to inspire you and equip you on your journey towards deepening your relationship with God. Listen, hear, and follow the Lord's will in your life, and you will be blessed. friends, today our topic is prayer and fasting. This is episode 241 and you can find today's show notes at a few minutes with God podcast.com. My name is Felice Skirwitz and today we're going to look at probably one of my least favorite subjects and that is prayer and fasting. Why is it that when you think about fasting, you crave that food or that activity all the more? Maybe some of you have been successful with prayers and fasting. For me, it has always been a struggle. But I'm going to show you, along with some scriptures, how you can grow in your faith using this simple and really ancient practice. And this is perfect as we soon enter the Lenten season, and that is the 40 days before Easter. Please visit MediaAngels.com and my personal testimony, which is One More Child, as well as the novel, A Few Minutes with God. Maybe you didn't grow up in a Christian household, but I did. And we fasted ever since I can remember from meat on Fridays. That included chicken or pork. This was a remembrance of Good Friday, even though it wasn't Lent or anywhere near Easter. Every Friday, we remembered that Christ died for our sins and that through his redemptive sacrifice, we have everlasting life if we accept this as a truth. This reminder as a child put faith in a real perspective for me, especially when I didn't like fish, and that's all my family ate on Fridays. Most of the time, I ate some type of egg or pasta. Thankfully, as an adult, I now love fish, But otherwise, it was such a sacrifice for me. And as a child, I just remember that day. And whenever we would want to eat something else, like a burger, my mom would remind us that of why we fasted on Friday. I looked up the word sacrifice in an online dictionary, and I was astounded to read the first definition was an act of offering to a deity something precious. The other definitions had to do with destruction or surrender or loss, which are all negative. Would you agree that sacrifice means giving up for the sake of something better? I would. 
When we sacrifice or deny ourselves, we are reminded in a tangible way that there is more than just this life. We don't want to think about it, do we? But this life is temporary. We get to live out however many years the good Lord allows us to, and that's it. Matthew 16, 24 through 26 tells us that sacrifice is taking up our cross to follow Jesus. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? That would be a topic for an entire two, three, four, five hours. I've heard some very long sermons on this topic. But in a nutshell, again, taking up your cross means bearing your burdens and hardships. It means not complaining when you don't have to or making do with what you have. It means knowing that our cross is just right for us, that another cross might be too much to bear. The cross is symbolic in this way. Following Christ means we are taking the road less traveled because it's not easy. The easy road is giving in to whatever your flesh desires, whether this is food or sinful activities. The old adage, what would Jesus do, holds true. We would definitely act differently if Christ was present with us in the flesh. What we fail to remember, and some of this is going to be a little deep, what we fail to remember is that Christ, God, the Holy Spirit, is everywhere. There is nowhere you can hide. We learn this in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve tried to hide from God. God already knew what they had done. God is omnipresent. He is always here. God is in the present moment which is why being present is so important. There is no time and space with God. Mind-blowing, isn't it? But in Matthew 16, 24 through 26, we, it seems like a harsh teaching, but by picking up our cross and having self-denial is actually a good thing. What does this look like? Well, we can give up a specific food or perhaps a sinful activity. And we can start with prayer and fasting. Giving up food can be difficult. For example, for me, giving up chocolate is sacrificial. You might crave chocolate, and you might think, oh, I'm going to go get a piece of chocolate. But then you remember and you tell yourself, no, I'm not going to have chocolate because I'm praying for this specific thing. And then instead of getting the chocolate, we pray. Fasting is a reminder to pray. And telling ourselves no is not easy, but it's a reminder to thank God and to praise Him for what He has done for us. Being in a relationship and remaining pure is another way that we sacrifice. It's difficult, and that means picking up your cross. The cross is different for each person. When my son was playing baseball, he and another young man and a large group of college students didn't eat meat during Lent. So that's the 40 days before Easter. 
they had to order something specific for those two young men, usually a fish sandwich. And I remember one time, one of the boys forgot and he ate the chicken sandwich or whatever they had for them. And so my son was happy because he got two fish sandwiches. But he was teasing him and saying, oh, how was that chicken today on Friday? And the young man was like, oh, no, I forgot. You know, that in and of itself is not sinful when you forget. But if it's habitual and you just continuously forget to do what is right, or whatever it is that you you're praying and fasting for, then that's a different situation. Because remember, God is omnipresent. God knows our thoughts. You know, if we're doing something on the surface, and we want everyone to know how great we are, because you know, we're praying, think about the scripture about the Pharisees. I'm going to paraphrase here, because I didn't look this up. But I just thought of this, you know, because in the scriptures, it talked about, you know, when you pray, put on, um, don't put on sackcloth and stand on the corner so that everyone knows how holy you are. No, you are to pray in the quietness of your home where no one sees, because that's the prayer that will be blessed versus you're already getting your blessing because everyone thinks you're so great. And that's, again, scriptures are full of ways that we are taught what is right, and what is wrong. And this brings us to prayer and fasting. The significance of fasting has biblical significance from the very ancient times. Putting on sackcloth and fasting saved an entire people. Again, the book of Esther is fabulous. And if you ever have a chance uh, to study Esther, you should. And one of our podcasters has a Bible study on Esther and she has the podcast on joy. The name of her podcast is Wrap Yourself in Joy, and it's Karen Dwyer. But she has a beautiful scripture study on Esther. But anyway, Esther 4.3 states, In every providence to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Even Jesus fasted in the desert before his public ministry. Matthew 4, 2 says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And if you read the discourse of Matthew, you will see that Satan tries to tempt Jesus. And he tries to do it in a way that said, you know, if you really are the son of God, you would do this. And if you really are the son of God, you would do that. And one of the things he said is you could turn those rocks into bread. And Jesus said, you know, bread, man will not live by bread alone. And that's the thing that we have to be reminded that while food is something that is necessary to live, it isn't always necessary, especially when we are joining it with prayer. That's where 40 days of Lent came because of the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert praying before his public ministry. Symbolically, fasting from something you do daily, whether it is a food or a sinful activity or even a bad habit, like too much social media, is helpful in picking up your cross and following alongside Christ and praying for a specific need. Matthew nine twenty four through 29 states, And when Jesus saw the multitude running together, 
he threatened the unclean spirit, saying to him, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command thee to go out of him, and enter not any more into him. And crying out and greatly tearing him, he went out of him, and he became as dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into and when he came into the house, his disciples secretly asked him, Why could we not cast him out? And he said to them, This kind can go out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, in some translations today, you won't read the word fasting. And they've left that part out. But the combination of prayer and fasting is biblical, and it is so powerful. It will change your life. So consider this when you're praying for something of importance, or you have an unanswered prayer. Give yourself a time period, maybe a week or two, a month or more, whatever that is. And fast from something specific. Fasting doesn't need to be bread and water. Although a certain period of time in my life, I did this not only one time a week, but two times a week. And let me tell you, it was very difficult. In fact, by the end of that fasting period, I thought if I would just see bread and water, I would be sick. And that's when you know, okay, it's time to change and you can't keep doing this. But we, my husband and I fasted on Wednesdays and on Fridays. It was a time of prayer and it was a time of tremendous blessings in our lives. I can't even tell you. We were really blessed through this experience and it's not for everyone. And it should only be done for a specified time or as the Lord leads you, bring it to prayer before you begin. Remember, sacrifice is giving up something you don't want to give up. For my husband, that's giving up a soda that he drinks daily. For me, as I shared, it's chocolate. For you, it may be different. Just remember that prayer and fasting are for a purpose, and fasting to lose weight is different. This type of fasting is for the end goal of your health, perhaps dropping a few pounds, but it's not for the sake of some specific prayer. God doesn't need us to fast for him. He doesn't need anything from us, right? God's perfect and and has everything he needs because he's God. He doesn't only answer prayer when we join it to fasting. God is not at our whim waiting for us to command him to answer our wants, needs, or desires. When people say, well, God doesn't answer my prayer, that typically translates to God isn't doing what I want him to do. Sure, it's disappointing, and I've had many, many prayers that go unanswered, and it's devastating. But we can continue to pray. There's a beautiful example of perseverance in prayer. And if you look at the life of Monica and Augustine, you will see that. St. Monica, as she is known now, prayed for her son for many, many years I read one time that she prayed for over 30 years, but when Augustine was 33, his mother died. St. Augustine, as he is now known, was a great sinner. He wrote in his book, Confessions, that his mother's prayers changed him, and it wasn't his prayers, and he knew that because he didn't pray. Augustine did convert to Christianity. He became a bishop 
and a father of the church, and later a saint. He became a Catholic. I can imagine that his mother prayed and fasted for her son. This is a beautiful and true story and should give you hope. Monica didn't turn her back on God because her prayers were not answered on her timeline. In fact, her father gave her to be married to a non-Christian when she was a Christian, and this was upsetting to her, but the way she handled it was loving him, her husband, and the family, and some of the extended family did convert. Will you add prayer and fasting to your walk with the Lord? I challenge you this week to consider it and note this in your prayer journal. I'd also like you to note any changes in your life and in answered prayers. It will help your spiritual walk, I am sure. May God be blessed today and always. Thanks for listening to the podcast, A Few Minutes with God. Please visit Fleece on our website, a few minutes with God.com and your podcast page on a few minutes with God podcast.com. There you will find the show notes for today's episode. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.